Welcome to California School News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Osmus and Drew Schlossberg. Good day to you. This is California School News Radio, the voice of education in California. Every week we bring you newsmakers from the world of education to discuss what's going right in our schools from the perspective of administrators, teachers, students, parents, and community members. I am Kevin Osmus from VMA Communications, and with me today, as always, is my colleague and co-host, Drew Schlossberg. How are you doing today, Drew? Getting very hungry, that's all I know. Mm, yeah, I'm already, <laughs> my stomach is rumbling, and we're yes. trying to, we'll try to keep that out of the broadcast, but uh, yeah. Right. Today, we're, we're going to visit with some good friends of ours. Nick and Lori Brandler are a husband and wife culinary teaching team from the Bonita Unified School District. Uh, Nick teaches at San Dimas High, and Lori teaches at Bonita High. Uh, they both started out in the restaurant industry and migrated to teaching, first Lori, then Nick, both at the same school district, mind you. Uh, their culinary students learn from the Pro Start program, two-year industry-driven program created and recognized by the National Restaurant Association Foundation. The Brandler's students have excelled at numerous Pro Start culinary competitions over the years, and many have gone on to uh, hospitality or culinary school or been hired right out of high school. Each year, the Brandler's take three students from each school and take them up north to participate in Pro Start training, where they get to meet with industry professionals and learn just about everything you need to know about the culinary business. Uh, up north, they were joined by their star pupil, San Dimas High School graduate Chris Lara, who used his pro start training to get a foot in the door in the industry and now works at a, as a pastry chef at California's, a two-star Michelin restaurant in San Francisco. How impressive is that, Drew? How very, impressive. very impressive. Uh, they're all here with us today. Nick and Lori and Chris, welcome to California School News Radio. Hello. Thanks for having us. Well, I should say... Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. Do you remember when your first appearance on uh, the program was? Um, I don't remember the year, but it was definitely pre-COVID. Um, and we had both been extremely successful at the state ProStart culinary management competition. So we were able to come in and meet with you and also bring in some students to share their passion and what they were planning on doing in the industry going forward. So it was really exciting. Yes, it was May of 2019. That was three and a half years ago. Wow. Uh, but, I you thought... know, not much has changed in three and a half years, I don't think. <laughs> you know, it's been pretty event-free. Last time you were on, we had everybody crammed in the studio. But now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Pro Start Training, uh, which is your uh, whirlwind trip up north to uh, learn all kinds of things. Uh, I, uh, you were kind enough to share your itinerary with me. I will. I will read a little bit from it. First, but um, before we get into that, Nick Laurie, kind of uh, reintroduce yourself to the California School News Radio audience. Let us know what you do uh, now, uh, how you got into teaching, what you were doing in the business beforehand, um, and and what brought you to Pro Start as a, as a teaching tool. Um, I'll go first. Um, I started teaching in two thousand and six. Um, I actually started out with uh, Pomona Unified. I had been working restaurants uh, all through college and then I graduated, I got my degree in psychology and I was one of those that was like, oh, this is not what I wanna do with my life. I love that I did get the, got the education, but I loved working restaurants. And so I continued working my way um, through different restaurants. And then um, Nick and I met and um, got married. And once we decided to have kids, I was like, well, the restaurant life is really hard as a mom. 
and hours, holidays, weekends, nights. So I decided I wanted to transition. And my dad actually um, was an administrator from Pomona Unified. And he said, well, why don't you get your CTE credential and start teaching culinary and hospitality? So uh, I started there and then Bonita High School actually contacted me because they were interested in starting a program that they didn't have yet. And that was in um, 2006. And I transitioned to Bonita then. So when I came, they had like a basic home ec style uh, foods class and they wanted me to start a CTE industry driven program. So um, that's what I've done. Um, and I've been here since then. It was supposed to be kind of a temporary job just to figure out what I want to do with my life. And I decided to stay because I love it so much. And I love working with the kids and introducing them to an industry that I'm really, really passionate about. And I get to do that while still being a mom and married with four kids. It's a balancing act, but, <laughs> but it's definitely really, really rewarding. Okay. Can I ask, and where in uh, Pomona Unified were you, were you working? Um, I actually kind of, they put me around. I was at Diamond Ranch. I was at Park West. I was at Gary High School for a little while. Um, so I kind of got in, got in Pomona High School too. Okay. I know all of those. I'm, yes. I grew up in Diamond Bar, so oh, okay. I'm, I'm well acquainted in the North End yes. where, yes. which is the Pomona side. So uh, I am well acquainted with that. Well, very good, Lori. Uh, how about you, Nick? Uh, what made you decide? Obviously, Lori had already been working at the at the district uh, and you were continuing to work in the restaurants. But what made you decide to come over? Um, I had always helped her out with uh, different things for a competition and stuff. And um, I really enjoyed working with the kids. And um, so I was working in the restaurants. I was actually working full time as a restaurant manager. Um, and then a position opened up at Chaparral and San Dimas High School. So I applied for that. And then I ended up working both jobs at the same time when I got that job. Um, and so that was a huge balancing act. And then uh, towards the end of that year, um, I got offered full-time position at San Dimas. So I kind of had a decision to make uh, whether to stay in the restaurant industry or to teach full-time. And I ended up taking the, the teacher job at San Dimas. And you talked about the the long hours. And then we're going to bring in Chris now, our uh, our guest. Chris, uh, you have just started in the in the restaurant industry. Uh, you're a 2016 grad of, of San Dimas, aren't you? Yeah, that's correct. And you you went through the Pro Start program and the training course too, didn't you? I did. It was uh, only available uh, for the first year, my senior year. So I was only able to take it one year. But it's a two year course. Um, but my very first year at San Dimas, um, Chris was already a senior, so he was lucky enough just to kind of like fall into the program. And uh, when he first came into my program, he was already. I would say on par with me, if not better than me at cooking already. So um, it wasn't easy to, uh, it wasn't hard to, uh, to, you know, get with him and start doing competitions and stuff like that. Um, I was actually, while he was first in the class, I was still uh, managing the restaurant full time. So um, I, I can only spend a certain amount of time with him uh, for the competitions and stuff. And so my wife really stepped in and helped him out with a lot with his first year. You know, I just mentioned that because we talked about the long hours. Uh, so and I think, Chris, that you've already gotten an idea of how that works, don't you? <laughs> oh, yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. You know, so the, the question I have for you both, uh, you know, Lori, Nick, and you jump into Chris on this. So the Pro Star program. It is done up in Northern California. Is that correct? Uh, no, the ProStar program is actually nationwide. Okay. Um, so it's the curriculum that we teach the kids, which is 
um, a mixture of front of the house and back of the house, as well as a good basis of the restaurant, uh, the restaurant industry, but also the hospitality industry and the other sectors. We get into a little bit about hotel and lodging, tourism, event planning, and kind of show them the opportunities that are out there. Um, but specifically, we really focus on the culinary and restaurant management side. Yeah, so pro starts our actual curriculum that we teach, right. uh, but um, the training that we went on up north is actually something that only we do. So that's something that actually my wife cultivated um, be before I was even teaching. Um, and ever since we've been kind of like fine tuning it and making it better and better. Growing it. Yes. And now it's it's amazing because we do have former students out in the industry that we can connect with and that are willing to mentor our new teacher, our new students and take them on and, and kind of just show them their path. Because what's really great about this industry is, um, you know, both Nick and I worked in the industry, but we also come from different backgrounds. And we are also very successful in the industry and now successful in teaching, but there's different paths. And that's one thing that I really stress because not every kid is a four year college bound student and they can still be successful and have a great successful career without college, you know, for those students that aren't school ready. Um, and I think the last couple years, our district in particular has really tried to reach out to those kind of CTE career driven instead of college driven students, instead of letting them slip through the cracks and giving them um, industry ready training right out of high school. Yeah, I know that's one of our favorite topics is uh, CTE and uh, college and career awareness and pathways and, and so forth. And you're 100% correct. Uh, don't want to necessarily discourage kids from going to college, but there's other pathways to uh, get to where you want to do. And we all and we all know that uh, aspect of it. So, uh, Chris, let me ask you this. I mean, was this like a no brainer for you? Have you always been interested in cooking? Did you start cooking your uh, family's meals at age five and now you were just taking it to a different level? Talk about that. <laughs> Definitely. I didn't start that early at age five, <laughs> but um, I did start having an interest in it around like, um, I'd say like early middle school. Um, and I just started baking for my family and cooking for my family. And I, kind of stepped away from like boxed cakes and I really wanted to learn how to like make it from scratch and um so I always had this like interest but it wasn't until I reached high school that I realized like oh I could go to like a culinary institute and I could like actually make this like some sort of a profession um and so I kind of wanted to take that route. And so I ended up applying for the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park um, my junior year. No, that's that's fantastic. Have you always been uh, interested in the pastries uh, aspect or were you looking at, uh, hey, I'm going to try my uh, luck at souffles or something to that effect, but is the, you just stuck to pastries? Um, so I was really into savory. Um, and then it wasn't until I got my first job yeah um that i ended up being a baking assistant and i really got into just like making laminated doughs and just the normal like morning bake off and that was like really really fun for me um i still throughout my career i've taken like years i like i did a savory i did savory for a year and a half up here in the bay um which was really fun but 
lately I've been sticking with pastry um, and mainly just because I feel like it gives me some sort of like creative outlet that the savory side doesn't. Right, right. So, you know, talk a little about, uh, you know, both uh, Nick and Lori were talking about the business aspect of uh, uh, culinary. You know, there's a lot to uh, do with that, of course. And uh, what have you learned from the business side of uh, the pastry business? Um, so uh, lately I've learned that, um, especially like throughout, like during the pandemic, when everything was shut down, I learned that, you know, you don't really need an entire kitchen or an entire staff to like right. actually sell product. Um, I, for a quick second, uh, started selling some pastries out of my grandparents' kitchen. I don't know. I really learned that if you really just like set your mind to it and like push for it, like you could definitely do it. Yeah. You know what? I love what uh, Nick, you and, uh, and Lori focus on um, is networking. Um, and we love that term. Uh, we don't think kids are too young to start, learning about networking um nick i'll start with you and you can jump in on that Lori. How, how important is networking uh incredibly important so the the great thing about this industry um like chris and like californios um when we plan this trip and we reach out to people they are so happy to have us we don't have to convince them to do it um they are when we get there they have everything ready for us and they're all hyped up and ready to go um we actually toured a cliff winery for the first time this year, it was our first time up there and they gave us a whole spread. Um, the guy talked to us for like two and a half hours. Um, they're just, I mean, if you, if you talk to people, they're more than willing to um, not only meet you halfway, but go above and beyond. This industry um, really thrives on, you have, because it's such hard work, you have to be passionate about what you do. And um, the people in this industry really love to share that passion with kids that are interested in going into the industry and explain to them, yes, it's hard work. It's long hours. It's not going to be easy. But if this is something that you love, it's just it's not like work every day, you know. And so that's what's been great. And every time we have reached out um, to people and tell them we want to bring kids, they're all for it. And it's been great that we're giving the kids the opportunity to meet with these chefs and to learn about their past and their industry and for them to practice their soft skills. Because when I was in high school, we did not get any soft skills training at all. Um, and I think that in both Nick and I's program, that's something we really stress is the professionalism and the soft skills. And how do you, you know, prepare for a job interview? How do you act at a job? Um, and how do you network and kind of, you know, we go over elevator speeches and how to sell yourself. And I think that's so important for our, our youth of today going forward in the job hunts and the career bound people. You know, but you're so spot on both you guys on this. Um, and I'm sure Chris has picked up a lot on that and not just with culinary. So let's say uh, Chris, after a while, wants to be a rocket scientist and use all the uh, skills he's learned being a pastry chef. I'm not saying you should do that, Chris, by the way. <laughs> but uh, but that being said, um, networking and soft skills and elevator pitches, whether you are in the culinary world, whether you are in the cyber world, whether you are in the cyber culinary world, you know, um, is just absolutely spot on. And, you know, the, Kevin, and I love to hear this. Uh, uh, we talk about that quite a bit uh, when we're chatting about uh, careers and so forth. Kevin, what do you think? Can I plug in a quick story? You may. Yeah. You may. Uh, so I kind of want to talk about how Chris ended up in San Francisco in the first place. That has to do with networking as well. You want to really? tell Chris? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was actually on this trip 
that they take the kids to uh, up north every year. And um, I would say, I would say probably every single restaurant we toured, I like after the tour, I quickly like talked to the chef, told them how thankful I was for the tour and asked for their business card. I continued that throughout the entire um, trip. And when we returned back to San Dimas, I like emailed every single chef one. So they knew like who I was and just also two, so they knew that like, I really appreciated their time for like giving us the tour. Can I give you a, a big high five through the internet here? Um, you know, and I'll tell you why. I mean, first of all, uh, kudos to you, Nick and Lori for, you know, actually promoting this and talking about how important networking is and follow through. But Chris I, Chris, I can't tell you how many times I talk to folks that are in the same type of space, whether it's culinary, they're going into a different field, and they forget to do that part you just did that was perfect, and that is email folks. You've just met them. You stay in a connection. Um, it sounds so obvious. It's the world that Nick and Lori live in, of course. Of course, you're going to do that. But I, too many young people go, ah, they don't really want to hear from me. They just met me. Absolutely the exact opposite, um, as, as Nick and Lori were saying. They love talking to young folks. They love to connect to it. And I can't tell you, and obviously your success is tied to it. So you will be a poster child every single time I'm going to be talking about it, it does pay off to follow through. And uh, Chris Lara is a great example of that. Do you not agree with that, uh, Kevin? I agree 110%. He got offered to go work up there in stage for free. He worked for free for a little while, right, Chris? Yeah. A stage is like unpaid, like internship. kind of internship thing. Uh, interview kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I had gotten one of the business cards from one of the chefs and I had emailed him kind of when I knew that I wasn't going to go to the CIA and I didn't want to stay in San Dimas. And he said, he was like, how soon can you be out here in San Francisco? And I booked a plane ticket and was out there the next week. San Francisco is an amazing city. It's probably outside of Los Angeles, obviously. It's a city that I have been there. Uh, more times than any other city. I, but I never did much fine dining up there because I was always up there on a budget, you know, just crashing at friends' houses and, you know, running the beta breakers or something crazy like that. Have you done the beta breakers since you've been up there, Chris? I have not done the beta breakers. Uh, you know what I'm talking fun. about, right? Yeah. I do, I do. Well, you could be, you know, you don't have to run. You could be just one of those people that gets a shopping cart and throws a keg in it and just, you know, just pushes the keg. <laughs> um, that's San Francisco. Uh, oh yeah, and and uh, I think when I first went there, the most ex exotic dining place they had was Hamburger Mary's. I remember going up there, and oh, that's going to be a big deal. And now they're like everywhere. They have them in Southern California and everything. Have we we talked about uh, the the long hours yet? So uh, how how are you dealing with that? And what would you recommend for students uh, looking to get into the industry to sort of be aware of some of these things? I think uh, it's really in a way, like I've learned to take care of my health even more because uh, my chef likes to equate us as uh, Michelin star chefs um, to athletes. Um, and part of the reason is because, you know, we're working 12, 13, 15 hour days, depending on the day. And you really need to stay like on top of your health and like, just make sure that you have the energy and you have like you are in a great like state to, you know, pull those types of hours where you don't even sit. You're just like constantly standing, running around. 
when you think about it, you're on your feet for 15 hours or whatever the case may be and moving around in the kitchen and going left and right and all that. So is there some type of, some type of stuff, uh, start with you on this, Lori or Nick, that they can do exercises very seriously and strengthen their lower bodies or whatever the case may be. Um, anybody who has been on their feet for 15 hours doing a presentation or, or emceeing something, then they come home and their feet are throbbing and they want to have them uh, taken off their uh, legs, know that uh, that is stuff. What, what do you do to prepare for that, Nick? Uh, or Lori, I'll start with you and then jump over to Nick. Um, I would say good shoes. I was just going to say that. For sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure, good shoes. And, you know, um, for me, it always seemed like I was more tired on the days that were slower because you, like, let your body kind of race rest. But when you're you're busy and you're slammed and you have all this stuff going on, you don't take a breath. You're just going, going, going constant. As soon as you stop, that's when you get tired, you know? So just to to prepare yourself for that, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we did uh, a really long catering event. And I remember thinking, how did I ever get to do this every day? I was so tired at the end of the day because I hadn't been building up my stamina. When you're in the industry and you do it every day, your body gets used to it, you know, working those long hours. And um, now going back, especially at my age, I don't think I could, I could <laughs> have the stamina to support it because when we get busy with competition season and we're, you know, I'm teaching all day and then we're practicing for four or five hours at night, you know, uh, three or four or five times a week, it, it gets super draining and you just have to power through it. But shoes are super, super important. Very. And I like to jump in and say that, um, like Chris and his chef said, um, it is like being an athlete. And it's not something that you can just jump into. People don't just run a marathon out of the blue. Um, it's something you train for. And if you're doing it day in, day out, um, you kind of build up a tolerance for it and a stamina. Your body kind of adjusts to getting a little bit less sleep. Um, you find time to do, you know, we also have four kids. Uh, when I was in the industry doing 15 plus hour days and teaching part time, sometimes it was 18 hour days. Um, you got to find time for the kids and all that stuff. And, um, I think if I tried to do that for a weekend right now, I would just collapse. But I think, uh, the slow progression of getting there kind of helps you. But one thing I really like too, is when we, when we teach the kids and when we take them on this training up North, um, nobody sugarcoats it for these kids. We do not sugarcoat it. We do not tell them they're going to be Gordon Ramsay. They're going to be on a TV show. They're going to work two hour days. They're going to have hair and makeup. We don't tell them any of that stuff. We tell them the legit um back of the house you're gonna be working hard it's gonna be super hot um front of the house you're gonna have to be super nice to people when you're super tired and running around crazy um so um you know the kids that really end up going into it kind of have personalities that also fit um it's not the right fit for everyone and so we don't want to put someone in a position where um you know they're they end up somewhere where they're not supposed to be yeah, I well, I, I'm glad to hear that because, you know, maybe today people think it's as easy as, you know, doing a TikTok video or something like that. Obviously, it's not. Um, but what impresses me the most, so uh, you've been doing this Pro Start uh, program now for years and years, but you devised this particular training thing. This is not available at any other Pro Start uh, uh, high school anywhere in the country. And, and, and this is, and, and Drew, I know that you have not seen the, uh, itinerary. So I'm just going to share some of the, some of the highlights, uh, of some of the things they were doing. They, uh, uh, hands-on workshop, oyster farming, shucking and grilling. That's a good one. Fatted calf, uh, lesson on, and I can't pronounce this. What is, what is the, uh, char, char, char charcuterie, char charcuterie. Okay. 
That was at the Oxbow Market, uh, a workshop, the art of sushi making. I would love to be able to make my own sushi. That would save me so much money. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, some, of the, some of the coolest ones like that we've only done for the past couple of years, we uh, take a tour of Jacobson's Orchard. Um, and the guy who runs the orchard, he basically 80% of what he makes there goes to the French Laundry, which is like the restaurant of restaurants. Um, so um, all of his product that comes out of that farm is just top of the line. Um, and he goes through his entire farm and gives the kids a little taste of absolutely everything um, and kind of questions and what are you what are you tasting? What do you think? What do you think that would be good with? Um, and he doesn't let them just wallflower out. He makes them <laughs> say like, what what dish would you make this with? You know, and kind of puts them on the spot. And um, it's really interesting to hear all the things that they would come up with. Um, and we get to try some of the some of the best produce on Earth, too, which is pretty cool. Well, so it's equal parts uh, deliciousness and rigor because you're not you're not getting let off the hook with with any of these people and why why would you want to be really uh so the kids that went this year how do you choose the kids to go um and and what do you think that they get out of it and uh, according to the itinerary it was lights out at 9 30 every night did that happen uh actually this year pretty much we were almost every night kind of in you sometimes we have tours scheduled back to back or chefs need to change things and we end up you know, being real late, but they're exhausted <laughs> by the time we, cause we leave, you know, super early in the morning, we're gone out touring and doing things all day. And then we return home back to the hotel and they are ready for lights out. When okay. it's, when it's it's 1700 miles in six days. Yeah. We, we traveled. Yes. 1700 miles. Um, so um, in terms of choosing the kids uh, I'll go ahead and let Nick talk about that a little bit. Um, for me in choosing the kids, I choose kids that are like really industry bound, um, is, is part of it. Um, but sometimes it's kids that are kind of on the fence of, they don't know if they want to be industry bound. They don't know if this is going to be right for them, um, whether they should go to the biggest question the kids ask these, uh, people when we go and meet them, um, is did you go to culinary school and do you think it's worth it? That was a huge question for Chris actually going into the industry. Um, he got um, accepted to probably the best culinary school in the country, if not the world. Um, and his big question was, do I spend a bunch of money on school or do I need to? And the answer for some kids is yes. The answer for some kids is they need that structure. They need that baseline. Um, but then some kids like Chris, who are just um, self-learners, um, they learn hands-on. Um, maybe it's not the best idea to spend the money on it, you know? Um, so, uh, a lot of the consideration I take, I've taken kids, um, I've, I've, I've passed on certain kids. Cause we only take three a year out of like 210, 220 kids. Um, I've passed on some kids before due to the fact that I think they were going to make it on their own. They were going to have it all figured out. They've already been a bunch of places. They already kind of know the deal. And instead of taking that person, I take someone who's just kind of lost. They're, they're looking for something. They're super interested, but they're just not sure. Um, and so, um, it's based on a, a number of criteria, but I think when it comes down to it, when I'm picking those, those final kids, um, I'm really looking for, is this going to make a huge impact on their life? And I think um, part of it too, is also um, showing them those options that are out there and really pushing networking on them. Um, I have some kids in my program that are just amazing at networking and will, no matter what field they go into, they're going to be successful. They just have that natural ability in them. And I have some kids that are super talented, but they're very shy or reserved. And they need that push to be forced to network and to learn how to network, especially in a professional industry setting like this. Um, it really gives them the opportunity being such a small group 
Um, I've gone before where, you know, I think Nick's first year, the year Chris went, um, we had a big group. There was about, I think we took 12 students um, because we had three schools because Nick was at Chaparral and at San Dimas. So he took some students from both and it was just, it was too many. Um, it was really like Chris even stood out out of the 12, definitely stood out uh, amongst them. But for us, um, for the personal uh, mentoring that we give the kids and the chefs and industry people that we meet, we found that six is like the magic number. Three from him, three from me, and then us two there, like mentoring them, guiding them and pushing them through. But we don't pick like the kid that's acing everything. And we also don't pick the kid on the very bottom. We kind of try to find the student that it's going to make the biggest impact. And we've had kids like Chris go into the industry, thrive. Um, one of my, the first year I went, my um, one of my students that went, she went on to Cal Poly Collins College and got her degree in hospitality management, working in the industry. And she's actually now working for the California Restaurant Foundation um, as a a supervisor and is in charge of the pro start competition and um, programs with the high school. So it's kind of like come full circle for her, you know, and then I've taken kids that, Hey, they discovered on the trip. Like, I don't think this industry is for me and that's okay because I would rather them discover that now instead of, you know, working a job or investing a lot of money into culinary management or hospitality school and realizing that it's not for them. And you've got to be proud when you when you have these students of yours attaining such positions. I mean, pastry chef and then. Uh, well, and Chris, let me interrupt you. Chris actually just got a promotion to um, Sue Pastry Chef, which is a huge, a huge job. Um, and for his age and the level of restaurant that he is at, um, a two Michelin star restaurant is just amazing. We're so proud of him. Well, Chris, I don't know. Are, are you familiar with uh, Jonathan Gold? Uh, yes, the okay. food writer for LA, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the late, uh, the late food writer for uh, Los Angeles Times, and before that, LA Weekly. And he's the guy that really put uh, put chefs turned chefs into rock stars, you know. And but pretty much every every restaurant he would write about, he'd talk about the chef, and you know, and he would go into their entire history, where they work, and and essentially where they started at pastry chef, or who they got as pastry chef to work at their particular uh, uh, restaurant. Uh, so. Do you feel like a rock star? I know that you work a lot of hours and you're on your feet and you got good shoes and everything. Uh, but but I mean, the, the, you're you're in this industry now that uh, people just go nuts over. I've heard that Californios uh, is is the the restaurant that everybody nerded out over on the on the tour. You know, stepping back from your position a little bit and and just how do you feel about that? <laughs> are you going to be are, are you going to start your own restaurant one of these days? You know, I put some thought into it. Uh, I haven't really decided on what I would want to open. I know I want something of my own, whether that's like a little bonbon shop or whether that's a, you know, a restaurant. Um, don't, don't tease us with the bonbon shop. Seriously. We, <laughs> we'll be out there so quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it's hard to say if I feel like a rock star right now, because uh, you know, you just get so caught up in it and, and, um, you know, some, some days it's just like, Oh, like, you know, I'm just here finishing my job. And, but then you hear all the, all of these things from all of these people. And like, uh, I just did a guest chef dinner at, um, 
one of my friend's restaurants in Oakland. And, you know, every time I'm there, she's like, you need to say you're from California. I don't feel like a rock star, but like a lot of people make me feel like it. Yeah. But then when you go to other restaurants, it's like, say, tell them where you're from. Come on. Come on. Yeah. You're talking about rocket sh shipping straight to the top. I mean, in six years, this kid has gone to the very tip of the sphere in the industry. It's it's unbelievable. And it's super competitive industry as well. And plus, you're up in the Bay Area, and that's pretty much the birth of the 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 farm to, to table movement up there. Um, I what is the name of the Alice Waters restaurant? Is it is it still up there? Do you guys ever Chez visit Panisse. that? Is that it? Yeah, Chez Panisse. Yeah, I actually, uh, I was very fortunate enough uh, that she had a pop up during uh, COVID, and uh, my friend took me, and we had, and we ended up eating lunch with Alice Waters. <laughs> wow. Uh, which was like absolutely insane. And just to be able to pick her brain about like sustainability and everything was really incredible. Well, you talk about a rock star, <laughs> Alice Waters. <laughs> right. Right. Are you familiar with Alice Waters, Drew? Do you know? Oh, yeah. Talk about you? I, I am. Absolutely. Um, so let me ask you this, uh, Chris. I am sure that as part of the instruction that you got from Nick and Lori, uh, they teach all of their students that they need to understand thick skin 101, right? So um, talk about having, you know, I'm going to take some criticism and maybe they won't be too polite when they talk to me about what I prepared, um, but literally it's all, all good. So how is that when you first got... Uh, you know, maybe dressed down by a chef, or maybe you never have been uh, in that, but you always hear these stories about some chefs can be a little temperamental and, uh, you know, mouth gets engaged before brain does and all that business. But how important is it just take with a grain of salt, just relax, um, and, you know, this thing will pass. Talk about that, Chris, and then you can add to it, Nick and Lori. Oh, yeah. Um, I think especially as like a young chef, I really got, you know, a lot of that. And um, for me, it was easy to brush it off. Um, you know, I did play some sports when I was in high school. I played tennis and, you know, I, that's, that's how I took their criticism was I, I didn't take it personally. I took it more as they were trying to make me a better chef, uh, just like how my coach would right. uh, try and make me a better tennis player. That's kind of my mindset and how it's been ever since. But it is hard sometimes when it's like just the constant yelling and <laughs> everything. <laughs> Luckily, um, I will say this at California's Chef Val has really pushed to change that environment. And this has been the first kitchen that I've worked in where like the environment has been very friendly and just like positive and there's really no yelling and it's just been a nice like change of pace. Yeah, I, I, without question. I mean, it's almost like the drill instructor when you're in the Marines, you know, they go haywire. They had to, they've had to back off a little bit about it, but you read these things about chefs and all that. So Nick, do you and Lori, uh, you know, teach that? I'll start with you on that, Nick, and you can uh, jump over to Lori. You know, every restaurant's going to be different. There, there's so much on the line with every service that um, different people handle it different ways. Um, I've had people that I've worked for in the past that were, you know, real hotheads and stuff. And some people respond to that um, in a positive way and some people don't. So right. um, I, I've used a lot of that experience to kind of decide the way I like to manage. And so I personally have taken that and said, that's not how I want to be. And so even in my classroom, um, when I was managing, I was general manager of a restaurant. Um, I never really ruled with an iron fist. I kind of more 
like the disappointed dad type deal. Yeah, uh, right. And I found that that's worked a little bit better and kind of made me feel a little bit better about how I do things. But um, I just think different strokes for different folks. Um, I, I respond better to the disappointed dad thing myself. So that's kind of my management style. Well, but I think in terms of our students, both of us really talk to our students about the importance of accepting feedback, both positive and negative. Um, we give them daily feedback, verbal feedback. You know, every lab, we're telling them things that they did wrong, things that they did right, asking them ways that they could improve. And um, our for both of us, our biggest pet peeve is when you are getting feedback from somebody and they, they go, yeah, 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 I know, I got it, I got it, I got it. Instead of actually listening to what you're saying. And I try and tell my students, it's more important for you to listen right now than to, to just assume that you knew what was wrong and you're gonna fix it next time because you don't know what I'm gonna say. And the only way you get better as a chef, as an individual, as a person is to get that feedback. Um, you know, So I think that's really important. A lot of students have asked us about kitchen culture and I, and I try and tell them it's just like any job. Some bosses you have are going to, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, he's an awesome boss. I love his style. This is the kind I thrive best in. And some bosses are just going to be jerks and you have to decide what works best for you. And you can always move on to a different kitchen or a different job and not be stuck in that environment. You know, um, it gets really, really stressful um, during competition season. And when we're preparing for competition and both Nick and I do a lot of catering events on and off campus and we have really high expectations um but we don't get into yelling matches if anything for me i warn the kids you know hey competition's only a week away just know i'm going to be short with you and it's not because i'm upset with you it's not because i'm you know disappointed it's because i want to make sure that we get the best out of you and so i'll i'll i'm not going to say please and thank yous because I cannot send you out into the world as a snowflake. You, you got to be ready for the industry. And there's harshness in any industry, you know? And I think that we do our kids a disservice by not forcing them to recognize that and recognizing their own comfort zone and what works best. Um, and like Chris said, whenever he would get any kind of feedback, what can I take from this to make me a better chef, to make me a better worker, you know, to give me a better outcome? And um, he has a work ethic that I haven't seen in, in many. And that's why he's so, so successful, you know, and, and it's awesome to see because he's really unique. Um, he's really special. And his success is his own. You know, he did not get handed anything. He uh, the only thing that we did was help guide him and kind of help him set up some network. But he did all the work. He did all the networking. He made the contacts. And like you said, he was the one that was following up. Um, Nick did not have to tell him, hey, did you follow up with that chef? He was like, oh, I've already talked to him five times. He's offered for, for me to come up and stage or I got this job opportunity, you know, and as big of an industry that the restaurant industry is, it's also really, really small. And he's been able to create that um, order around him with a really tight, good network that has set him up for for great opportunities that he wouldn't have otherwise had. Yeah, you know, I I think with all of that, and you bring up so many great points, Lori and Nick, on this, and and everything we just talked about is such a great life skill, no matter what 
uh, industry you're getting into, you culinary, journalism, you know, uh, pick a topic. Um, those are all great uh, lessons in in this aspect of. I laughed when you said about you know you're going to have different bosses, and you know I came from the journalism field where cigar chomping editors are ready to you know snap your head right off if you even looked at the wrong way. I mean, you grew up with that stuff, you know. And I'm, dating myself, of course, about 4 million years ago. Uh, but, you know, that's what you what, what you learn on that. And uh, Listen, we've only uh, met Chris for a whole whopping 43 minutes, but we could, you can tell by his personality, um, just is going to be a great you know, owner of whatever he wants to own. He's going to be, a, already is probably a great leader, um, is going to be the type that is going to nurture young chefs, even though he's young himself, and uh, probably way behind beyond his years, of course, on that. So then they got such an important uh, aspect in, in that vein as well. Um, but, you know, Nick and, and, and Lori, and maybe you can start on this with Chris, how much science do you have to know when you become, we'll start with a, a pastry chef, you know, um, there's a ton of science that goes into it, does it not, Chris? Yeah, I would say that pastry is very, like, scientific in a way it's, it's a lot of like formulas i i don't i don't think you need to know a lot into going going into pastry um it's actually it's very funny to me because uh you know i've hopped back and forth between uh, pastry and savory um but i um from talking to a lot of savory chefs they find it very difficult to go into pastry and that is actually one of the reasons is because of like the formulas and because of like how everything needs to be so precise and detailed. And I think that's what pastry is more of. It's, it's more of like being precise and being accurate with everything. Yeah. Savory chefs are terrified of pastry. <laughs> Chris put it lightly. Savory chefs like myself, um, terrified of pastry because you really don't know you screwed up until it's over. <laughs> that's when you find out you did something wrong and you can sometimes you don't even know what it was so you have to go back and start all over and try all over and you try again and sometimes it comes out exactly the same way and so you have to go back to the drawing board and you have to be very meticulous minded but that gets to the point you were talking about about the pressure uh laurie so here you are at a, at a, a big time uh your restaurant uh californios and all that business and you're on deadline and you're supposed to make x and, uh, you know, everyone's waiting for their food or whatever. Oops, I think I put too much of X in this. Uh, you wouldn't want me anywhere near a restaurant by that matter. You know, I didn't learn that. My brother was a worked for Chart House for 25 years. He actually knew what he was doing, for God's sake. But um, you don't want me anywhere near there. But I would be sitting there. I'd be fired in a half second, Chris. Um, I'd probably, you know, have somebody. So, but it, but that's got to be a lot of pressure, Chris, to say, listen, there are people in that restaurant that are depending on me to nail it with this pastry um it's got to be precise especially at that level uh, especially like there right, is no right. room for mistakes you know it people are paying a lot of money they have high expectations and they do not want to be disappointed you know and so i think it's it takes a different kind of mindset um it's like being in your super bowl every night you know at that level and people aren't as forgiving of of mistakes at that level. But that's why also I just think it's really important for our our young kids to have that tough love instead of the, the you know, like I said, being, I, I, I tell them when I give them feedback, I'm like, I don't do you any favors if I just tell you, oh yeah, it's fine. You know, when it's really not. And um, for them to be able to take that feedback 
because I'm sure the amount of pressure that Chris is under every day to make his bomb his bonbons, by the way, like look beautiful, uh, amazing. I wish you guys could see them, but um, but at the pastry level and, and the the problem with not knowing how something's going to come out until the end, you know, Nick never wants to tackle macarons in class be, because of that pressure, you know. <laughs> yeah, with with savory, I mean, you cook hot and fast, and if if you mess something up, other than like adding too much salt to something, you can pretty much fix a lot of mistakes on the fly. So um, I'm sure the pressure, if Chris wants to talk about what kind of pressure he's under, is absolutely insane, especially there. Now you're talking about macaroons or macrons? Macarons. Okay, the French. The... Macarons are much, much. I'll do macarons. I've done macarons. <laughs> I did a batch earlier this summer. I do a little. I'm, I'm kind of like the amateur baker, uh, and I don't understand the science, but I know that you have to follow the recipe. And, and maybe one of the reasons why I'm okay at it is that I love looking at recipes and just doing it exactly like that says in the recipe, I'm not an experimental at any, I don't, I don't, okay, should I add just a little bit more baking powder? I don't understand what any of that stuff. I just know if I follow a recipe and do everything right and use the right ingredients, it generally is going to turn out pretty good. Well, and your order of operation is very important with, with baking too, you know? See, but also with pastry, so you can read a recipe, but there's techniques in that recipe that you need knowledge of like not over mixing something like a recipe won't tell you to not over mix something you know so there's little things in there too but um yeah i couldn't imagine being under the amount of pressure that he's under it's well be maybe we should not talk about the pressure so much because this is chris's day off uh <laughs> he, i'm not sure he needs that right now um but what i love is you know you guys it's this pro start program uh it, it's been at the district now for uh over 15 years now i guess uh, and uh, gosh, what a wonderful program. And, you know, even if the, the kids don't wind up in a restaurant somewhere, they have learned so much, uh, so much about organization, uh, so much about uh, creating. Time management, teamwork, yeah. working under pressure. There's um, all, yeah, there's all these things. There's front of the house, there's back of the house, there's Hugh Laurie as house. I don't know. There's a lot of different jobs. Uh, and and at the and, and, and we just barely scratched the surface on this and we, we don't have that much time to talk about it. But you do have a bit of a partnership arrangement with the Collins College of Hospitality. That's at Cal Poly Pomona. Um, and talk about a little bit that when 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 your students complete the program at your high schools, they, they get a certificate, a, a certification. Right. Yeah. So if they meet the competencies within our program, um, they're issued what's called a work ready certificate, which they can take with them, put on. Um, they put in their senior portfolio, but it's basically outlines um, certain objectives that they met within our program. You know, basic food handling, customer service, time management, all these check marks. Um, and with that certificate, they are automatically given a $5,000 scholarship to um, Cal Poly's Collins College of Hospitality Management. Boy, and that's not nothing. I'll tell you that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that, that's pretty good. That's, that's money in the bank. And uh, we're fortunate because Cal Poly um, Collins College is one of the top hospitality management um, programs in the country. And it's very near us. So um, that's super convenient. Um, but it, it offers a good round education for them of front of the house, back of the house, of the business portion, not just culinary and how to run their business. And also the hotel and lodging industry, 
Well, so very, very good. Um, you know, there's, I mean, we could just suddenly right now, if I really wanted to get into overmixing or something like that, I would be asking you a bunch of different questions, you know, uh, <laughs> right now. But we we don't have time for that. And we don't want to get that uh, deep into the weeds. But I just want to uh, uh, thank you. We are California School News Radio. We've been talking to uh, husband and wife culinary teaching team, uh, Lori Brandler of Benita High School and Nick Brandler of San Dimas High School. And one of their star pupils and now pastry chef at California's in San Francisco, Chris Lara. Uh, you've, you've given us such an amazing overview of the class, what you're teaching at the schools, how it can be used uh, in a future career, uh, whether it is in the food uh, industry or beyond the food industry. Um, and, and, and Drew, before we go, do you have any last thoughts or, 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 or questions for our guests? Uh, no questions other than uh, what an impressive program and uh, kudos to all three of you. And uh, Chris, um, we get to say you've already, uh, you're sort of at uh, a great pinnacle. You're even to go even higher on this. And we can say we knew you now and we knew you then. And so uh, if you see a couple of uh, scruffy guys like Kevin and I walk in your restaurant in five years, we'll say you were on a podcast in 2022. Do you remember us? And uh, we'd be honored to be in your restaurant and just wishing you nothing but great success. And obviously the same with you, Lori and Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And and I would like to to add to that, but I'm just asking uh, in case for the next time that I that, that my wife and I are up in San Francisco, we we definitely want to come in. Now, are we going to have to make a reservation? Is this one of these places that's booked up well in advance? Uh, yes, you would have to book a reservation. Um, we open them about a month in advance. Uh, so okay, so I got to get my calendar out. Yeah, okay, definitely. Uh, and then definitely. right now we're in our busy season, so. Nice romantic dinner for two. How much is that, is that going to put us back? Well, I do have to set it up with saying it's 18 courses. 18 courses. Mm -hmm. Okay. 18 courses. Yes. <laughs> wow. And I actually, you know, that's that's on Nick and I's bucket list. Um, not only um, because we enjoy good food, but also um, we love seeing Chris in action and just like being a part of seeing his successes. Um, so we did look into it and it right now the the menu is at 307 a person. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, definitely a special occasion. Can I just get bonbons to go? So Lori and Nick, uh, um, quite a bit less than French laundry. Um, you know, and 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 not, you know, I've eaten an ad hoc, which is uh right, you know, which is pretty doggone itself, you know. So uh um, man, that is uh, very special stuff. Very special. I think I, you know, I, uh, Worth's Donuts is about, you know, one of the. <laughs> Um, in any case, but well, thank you for coming on and, and, and sharing all of your knowledge and expertise. Now I will open the, uh, the floor for, for you guys to give any last uh, thank yous and shout outs. So we'll start with you, Chris. Do you have anybody that you want to thank or give a shout out to? Um, well, definitely thank you, uh, to all of you for having me on this and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, thank you for inviting me. This is really special, honestly. Every time, uh, every year that, um, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Brandler uh, message me and they tell me that they're bringing up the kids, I always, always want to have um, the kids come and tour the restaurant because, you know, I just I always go back and think of like myself as, you know, the kids and going on that trip and how important it was to me and how it literally got me in San Francisco, so. 
Well, that is sweet and continued best of luck to you. Uh, you know, we, uh, you. uh, hopefully we can have you back on the program again, uh, sometime and uh we'll we'll catch up on what you're doing uh nick laurie uh we both have a chance to give uh thank yous and shout outs so who would but nick you want to go first yeah first and foremost um to laurie because none of this would be possible without her she kind of paved the way for me and um kind of makes my life easy in that way um and uh a big um congratulations to chris i could not be prouder of him and um what he's become and done for himself and i just think it's amazing um and then also i want to give um, a shout out to our district for allowing us to do this with the kids every year it's really um a life-changing experience that i think um you know not all districts would be on board with and i really appreciate them doing that for us and uh, being so supportive um and then finally um my wife's parents because uh when we're away doing this stuff with the kids um they're always coming in in clutch, um, taking care of the kids for us while we're away and stuff. So we really appreciate that. Appreciate that as well. Well, you know, and uh, I really got to give a shout out. Who, whoever, I don't know if you remember Lori. Whoever called to recruit you to the district way back when. Yeah, that uh, was Mr. Ketterling. Okay, well, that, he had he had it going on because uh, look at look at this program that you have created there. I mean, you came in; it was kind of like the home ec. Uh, situation and and now you've turned it into this and you've done such a fantastic and wonderful job so any last uh, thank yous or shout outs for you well it's it's hard to follow both of that um i i second everything um nick and chris have both said um but i also want to thank along with chris um we've been able to meet so many amazing people up in that napa san francisco area um that have been willing to have our kids in have been willing to take you know, a few hours even sometimes um, at some of these, you know, we've, we've been able to go to like Gary Danko, which is um, a one Michelin star restaurant in San Francisco. And, you know, their kitchen manager, Matt Moffat, he spends hours with the kids and he, yeah. And he truly just, I can tell really thrives and enjoys having them in and sharing his knowledge about the industry and his passion. And it just and seems the like- The kids always say that he's their favorite. Yeah. It's just, I mean, there are so many people that we have been able to have contact with and um, I, I can't even go through all of them. It's, I feel like an Oscar speech where I'm going to leave somebody out, you know, um, at Hog Island Oyster Farm, they get to learn all about the process of oyster farming and how you tell if an oyster is good or bad and how you shuck an oyster you know I did not learn until I was an adult how to shuck an oyster so um and then they get the opportunity to try different oysters and learn about the nuances of oysters and so everywhere we go it's just been we've been so invited in and it's truly um makes me happy to be a part of the hospitality industry um, so I, I just feel like we're really, really fortunate and it's really, we could not have do, done it without the California Restaurant Foundation support of our programs, um, both just with contacts and financially and paving the way on a lot of things. And like Nick said, the district, um, the district allowing us um, and supporting us in doing this every year and making such an impact on our students going forward. Yeah, and that's not surprising because Benita Unified is very definitely a forward-looking uh, school district. And the schools. And, and the each school. individual school, yeah. 
Absolutely. Oh, and I want to give a, you know, um, and I had the the opportunity to be with uh, Ben Pando over at Chaparral Vista. And I know that he's been doing some great things over there with uh, with his culinary kids. I wanted to give him a, a shout out. And when is the cup this year? It's in March and at the Long Beach Convention Center. Okay, so when you take some top prizes at that, <laughs> we will have you back. <laughs> here. Can I give a quick shout out to each of the restaurants that have us in every year? Absolutely. Okay, huge thanks to uh, Hog Island Oyster Farm, Bouchon Bakery, um, Water Bar, um, Cliff Family Winery, uh, Soul Bar. The head chef there is amazing. We and a former ProStart student. Not and a former ProStart student. Bouchon Bakery, uh, French Laundry usually has us in. Gary Danko, Italian Homemade, Boudin's, Jacobson's Orchard, The Press, Goose and Gander, and California's. Oh, you mentioned the press. We have a restaurant in Claremont named the press. Unfortunately, has been closed since the pandemic. <laughs> I hope the press up in San Francisco is doing better. Uh, well, thank you so much. And Lori, see, we're not in Oscars. We didn't have any music play you off. So we're all good there. Thank you so much for coming on. It's great thank to visit with you. Yeah, great to visit with you again. It's far been far too long. So we'll get you on much quicker again, uh, bring in some of these kids that you have uh, in the program this year. And that's it. That's another California School News Radio in the books. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to thank our guests, Nick and Lori Brandler, and also Chris Lara from uh, San Francisco. Thank my co-host, Drew Schlossberg. Also, our uh, engineers, Ad Santel and Andrew Landeros and Kelly Wynn, who also does our social media and graphics, and our producers, Andy Torres and Danny Paulus, who did the outreach, uh, Lauren Kreiman from the hardest working education team in communications. And as always, to our chef, Val, uh, Val Martinez of VMA Communications, without whom we could not do this every single week. So thank you again. Uh, we'll be back next week with another great program. So until then, stay safe and stay educated. We'll see you then. 